Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. talking about the nfc east whoa the division series rolls on and i got a couple buddies here to talk to me about it you know him from his work over at front yard fantasy his name is gmnj on twitter hello herms my friend i am ecstatic to be here with you and rocky two of my favorite people in this space so this is gonna be a lot of fun Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you already let the cat out of the bag. Oh. Anything for your dynasty needs. Several podcasts doing all this stuff. Dynasty Junkies, Trade Addict. You know who he is. He's Rocky. What up, my guy? Hello! <laughs> hey, Arms. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's the first time I've gotten a chance to pie with you. I'm very happy about that. Uh, done a few with Jay. I uh, love Jay, even if he is a Giants fan. But at least uh, the three of us can shit on the Cowboys for the rest. There of you time. go. God bless America. <laughs> that is my favorite American pastime, probably more so than anything else. No offense to you know apple pie, Chevrolet, baseball, any of the other ones. Those are great, but shitting on the Dallas Cowboys, a ton of fun. So I mean, if you've listened to any episode of the series so far, I think you have a pretty good understanding of what this is going to be. So listeners, if you forgot. Here it is. We're going to look back at some things that went well and went poorly for each team in the year 2021. Then we're just kind of kind of look ahead at the year of 2022 because we're currently in that year, according to the calendar. Yes. OK. All right. So my calendar does say yes, that is that is what's happening. The year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> we will start first with uh, well, I don't know which one of you guys wants to go for. I mean, I will leave it up to whoever, you know, because we're going to have fun regardless you know what i mean i haven't done that at any point i've kind of just like thrown somebody under the bus in every single episode without warning so i think i think jay should go first because i'm very curious to hear what went well without using the words (sighs) stable all right there we go we got to throw someone under the bus here fine by me that's the nfc east for you so let's start with the new york giants why Why are you you why are you laughing herms why are you laughing when you're starting with the giants because I have to say the words, what went well for the Giants in 2021? Well, Herms, nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing went well for the New York Giants. Uh, um, I will have plenty to say when... <laughs> love it. Thank you, thank you. That that's a per- that We could just end the show right there, because that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> I will sorry. definitely... Ha- no, dude, don't apologize. It's the truth. Oh, truth hurts. I'm not one of those, you know optimistic uh, you know overly optimistic fans that you know comes up with some fake crap that's not true anybody who's realistic whatsoever knows the giants have been a laughing stock since the obj boat picture i mean it's all been downhill since Mm. then there has not been anything positive with this team um i'll definitely have plenty to say when we go to what went poorly but what went well? Uh, Gettleman, quote unquote, retired. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Joe Judge was fired. Yeah. Jason Garrett was fired. 
Um, and we finally have a GM and coaching staff in place that I'm actually excited about for the first time in a very long time. It's, it's um, not great when you, everything you have to say about what went well happened after the season. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I will say if I, if I had to pick one thing in all seriousness, oh, um, the only thing that went well, I guess you could say, was uh, Kadarius Tony did show some flashes of being a dynamic playmaker. Um, I was not very happy with, with the pick. I didn't. I like Tony as a player. I don't like where we took him. I definitely love that we traded back. Um, he had one big game. It was 10 catches, 189 yards against the Cowboys. But, you know, when – I mean, this plain white wall in front of me it has more creativity than Jason Garrett does. <laughs> so he did not use Kadarius Tony like he should have used him. So I'm excited to get a guy like Brian Dable in there, uh, Mike Kafka, who was the passing game coordinator for the Chiefs. You know, we see all the the things he does with Tyreek Hill, with the the Nicole Hardmans, with the Byron Pringles. So former he, Eagles coach and quarterback, uh, and that, the right, I, quarterback as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember quarterback. I did not realize he was a coach on there too. So yeah. um, I'm I'm excited to see what you know bringing in a staff like this that is you know not from the 1980s mindset of pound the football and you know quarterback rush with uh you know third and long on your own five yard line um so i'm excited about to see what can be done with tony with a creative playmaker you know and i think that's a really yeah and and that's a really good place to you know kind of at least start just in terms of like key players because i i've heard on several podcasts this is a guy that a lot of people are really curious about like what to do with and you know like rocky i think this is kind of like more your you know neck of the woods in terms of you know like the dynasty value it is something that is interesting with him because it's a very small sample size of what went super well not a lot of people you know kind of loved some of the you know prospect profile coming out but first round draft capital occasional flashes but, you know, it's a whole new coaching staff. We really don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, it will be better than what it was before because that bar is so low that it is beneath the earth. But just where are you valuing somebody like a Kadarius Tony now? I mean, like buy, sell, hold. And if so, I mean, what sort of value do you see for him? Like not only just like in real life, but also just in the in the trade market, what he could do next year. I don't know. Floor is yours. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's probably more of a hold in dynasty. Uh, his value did shoot up. That one game was like ten for one eighty nine, and I think you could get close, if not a first, close to a first for him at that point. And then the fact that he barely played the rest of the year kind of took a big hit to that value. I still think he's probably in the mid secondish range in terms of rookie picks. Uh, I, I think it's going to be hard to get more than that. He's probably better if you want to get him. I would, I would probably look to get him like thrown into a deal or something like that. Don't go targeting Kadarius Tony. Uh, I think you maybe get him a little cheaper that way. But, but yeah, I don't think anyone's like dying to get him on their dynasty rosters right now, just because we still don't know. I mean, he had injury problems in college. He's had injury problems in the NFL, and he seems to be a little bit of a knucklehead. It seems like. Am I wrong there, Jay? No, he, he's <laughs> from from uh, the beginning of. Uh, training camp i mean he was having issues so, you know it wasn't it's, yeah you, you hit the nail on the head so <laughs> the, the list goes on well yeah i mean you know, so that'll that'll be something to keep you know track of as we move along for sure but i guess so there's there's the positives there's the positives yeah. folks so i guess positive, uh, positive. there's the positive there uh you go. 
So how about we move over to uh, the longer portion of this segment? Uh, <laughs> what went poorly for the New York Giants in 2021? Well, if um, you know, if you need a drink, you might want to go ahead and get the drink now. Need a bathroom break, something like that, because there, there, there's plenty to go along with what went wrong. Uh, what went poorly with the Giants? The New York Football Giants have not, or excuse me, have scored 30 or more points only four times since the 2019 season. What? The last time being October of 2020 versus the Cowboys. They did not score 30 points this entire season. They had the second fewest yards per game, second fewest passing yards per game, ninth fewest rushing yards per game, the second fewest points per game with 15.2. Daniel Jones, granted, only played 11 games, uh, but he had... 10 passing touchdowns to seven interceptions. The highest skill position player on a points per game basis was Saquon Barkley ranked at 79 overall. He averaged 11.4 points behind the likes of Devin Singletary, JD McKissick and Tyler Boyd. Oh God. Oh no. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not real, done. Real quick, I'm, Jay, just because you said that first set, I had to look. Would we all agree the Eagles weren't exactly an offensive juggernaut this year? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, but they had seven games of thirty points just this year. <laughs> oh my! God. Wow, four since twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. <laughs> no receiver caught fifty passes. The most receiving yards was Kenny Galladay with five hundred and twenty-one. Evan Ingram led the team in touchdowns. Excuse me, receiving touchdowns with three. Saquon Barkley and Booker tied with the team lead in rushing yards with 593. So together they barely got over 1,000 yards. And they were tied with Daniel Jones. They each had two rushing touchdowns. So yeah, you could say that everything went poorly for the New York football giants. No touchdowns for Kadarius Tony. No touchdowns for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. So, so that, so that's good, right? You know, because because it can't get any worse. No way to go for that. <laughs> that is that is true. I mean, I don't know unless the bottom falls out of rock bottom. It's because that's where I am right now. I mean, oh, oh god, oh god, oh no. Okay, so I mean, I guess that kind of it 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 really does open the door to just looking ahead because of it like rocky i'll throw it down to you real quick if there is something you do want to say about what went particularly poorly but otherwise i think maybe a decent time to transition to looking forward but again i'm not going to stop you if you have a comment to throw in no i think think jay decent decently covered it the the giants are pretty much a shit show this year yeah (laughs) and 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 many years before uh, that yeah jay judge was awful and just showed that with this whole uh Going back to the beginning of 2021, the se- the year, not the season, I, I can never get over that ridiculous rant he had about the Eagles-Washington uh, game and uh, being upset that his 6-10 and 10 team didn't get in the playoffs because the Eagles didn't uh, play play everybody long. I was ecstatic that happened. Like, I know, you know, this is a whole argument on Twitter people have, you know, some people think you should try to win every game no matter what and sneak into the playoffs I'm not that guy. I didn't want that six and ten team to make the playoffs. Give me the higher pick. That six and ten team was not going to win the Super Bowl. Sorry, it wasn't. And I like wanted. 
I wanted the Eagles to tank that game, and that that tanking got them uh, an extra first round pick in Devontae Smith. So well, it, it was a brilliant move. Right. <laughs> and l- let's put it this way: the Giants uh, two years ago, when they beat the Washington Football Team at the time slash Commanders, whatever we want to call them today, um, they beat them twice, which cost them Chase Young. So you tell me, you know the uh, the merit of winning that. Like I don't expect the players to go out there. And right. not try to win. Like th- that's you know I've been, I've oh, played course, sports yeah. all my life. But if but... your coach can bench Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter, go for it. <laughs> right. Like seriously. Like what's going to help the team the most in the long run? So that's that's my you know some people don't agree with that stance. That's just how I am. I want whatever is going to be best for the team long term. Oh man, and you know it, I think we'll finally get to see a brighter future starting this year. So bet what's best for the future I long sure term? Hope so. I know, sure it, hope so. So I mean, for those of you that are not familiar with the name, uh, Brian Dable, uh, kind of the you know the the Josh Allen whisperer coming over from the Buffalo Bills, former offensive coordinator. That's a great start. And you know, and you mentioned you know Kafka coming over as well. Like it's it's a whole new set of guys coming in to really hopefully try and reshape. Daniel Jones, because we're kind of getting to the point where Daniel Jones is like, you know, like I've been duped a few times where it's like he do- he has like a couple games where things really start to get put together, and I'm like, ah, maybe I was wrong about that guy. Maybe uh, maybe I should start believing in the no, oh the fuck, oh, the fuck, it, damn it. It's no. almost like you know, like you're running down the field, and then all of a sudden you, you trip over <laughs> your feet at the same yard line. You know what I'm saying? This has been fun. <laughs> I'm out. Good night, y'all. Have fun. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. But like honestly, that one play that's is perfect. very emblematic that's, of who he is because it's like the epitome of Daniel Jones, right? There. Yeah, like it he will just he'll show this amazing promise and then right when you really need it, it just it vanishes. He's he's like the avatar in that way when the world needed him most. <laughs> but so I mean obviously like I think it really kind of starts there, at least for me, in terms of how we're gonna look at this team going forward. Yes, because obviously there are question marks about Saquon Barkley. We I'm sure we will get into that. Plenty of questions about who's going to be catching the ball from Daniel Jones. I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But the guy throwing the ball is, you know, kind of the, well, I guess the second person who touches the ball because the center and the, whatever, not the point. The first person who really, you know, touches the ball with impact of where things are going to go is the quarterback. So we start with the quarterback. Do you believe, Jay, that the group of people that have been brought in on the coaching staff are going to be able to do anything with this guy? What are your thoughts on them sticking with him Maybe going out and getting another quarterback because there are some whispers about that. I'm sure you're following that news a lot more closely than I am. So just floor is yours on that. Why don't you tell me what you got? So the thing I'll say about Daniel Jones is it's kind of like I talked about with Kadarius Tony. I don't mind Daniel Jones, the player. I don't like where we drafted him. I feel like we could have traded back in that draft and still gotten him. And if we didn't, he's not, you know, uh, even a franchise type player that go ahead, Rocky. I was going to say, even didn't they pick, take him up? Didn't they have two picks and take him up the earlier pick? Yep. Yep. Yeah. They had two so picks. They could have just that. waited and just taken him up with their own pick. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he, to me, is like a Eli Manning that ha- can actually run. Um, he's not the type of guy that is ever going to elevate the talent around him. I think that um, he can be a good, solid quarterback that if the team, if he has the talent around him, a good defense, good running game, uh, Good receivers. I could see us winning, you know, winning a Super Bowl. You put Daniel Jones on those teams, you know, in 2007, 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see him having uh, some success. With that being said, I definitely think it is the smartest decision to continue with him this year. 
Uh, one, because it doesn't cost anything. He's still on his rookie deal. This team is nowhere near competing for a Super Bowl. So, you know, you put the system that, uh, excuse me, the coaches that we have now, see what they can do with them. I, I want us to bring in a Trubisky, uh, Marcus Mariota, somebody like that, to if it does just, if the bottom falls out with Daniel Jones, see what we have with one of those guys. You know, the quarterback class, uh, I'm not a huge college football guy, but from everything that I've read, this quarterback class is not very highly touted. So there's, you know, I'm sure there'll be somebody that that comes out and has a solid NFL career, but, you know, you don't have those can't miss guys like the Justin Fields, like the Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. So yeah. there's nobody to get too excited about. Plus we're not, honestly, we're not, you know, the rookie contracts are what, five years? Yeah, I the fifth year option and stuff. Right, yeah. right. No. So we're not four or five years away from competing for a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, this team needs a lot. So I definitely think it makes sense to use our early picks on, you know, offensive line, defensive line, maybe a linebacker. Um, build this team out. And, and I'm really excited for, you know, um, Joe Sh- I, Shane, right? Joe Shane is the name you say it. I'm still still learning all these new names, I how you pronounce them. So. I'm not I entirely sure, I think but it's that like sounds the, right. the name Shane. So that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. But I'm excited that the Giants finally went outside of the Giants family. Everything has always been, you know, from Ernie Accorsi to Jerry Reese, which I loved Accorsi. I loved Jerry Reese. Didn't really like Jerry Reese's end of his career, but yeah. he, helped, he helped bring a Super Bowl too. So um, Jerry Reese was definitely good. He had his moments. Granted, he drafted Eric Flowers, but we don't have long enough to talk <laughs> about that. So, um, I, I think giving Daniel Jones a chance this year, see what this coaching staff can do with him. If he's the Daniel Jones that we've seen next year, we'll have another high draft pick, you know, looking to get in court. I don't want to trade for Russell Wilson. If Watson gets cleared of his, his legal issues, he's somebody maybe I would be okay with trading for only because he's still young enough that he'd be around for when this team would yeah. turn it around. Cause like, I think know. he's my age. And for those of you listening, I mean, I'm only 26 years old. So I mean, like he, he definitely has a long right. enough window in front right. of him for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to trade for Russell Wilson. I don't want to trade for Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to, we're not, not anywhere near having those guys nope. make a significant impact. Do you mind if I ask a question real quick? This is a total side tangent, basically from the point of this entire podcast. But uh, it, it popped in. My, I guess it's the podcast host in me. It popped in my head when he compared Daniel Jones to Eli Manning. Do you, do you think, as a Giants fan, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer? I do. I do think he's a Hall of Famer. First ballot, maybe not. And I'm not one of those. The whole, like, you know, um, who was it? I think it was. It was either. It was James Coe that tweeted, you know, um, who decided that, you know, the Hall of Fame is, you know, you have to, you can't tell the the story of the NFL without this player. Like, okay, so you do that hear mean, that a lot, yeah. Ryan Leaf is a Hall of Famer. Does that mean, you know, <laughs> the Boz is a Hall of Famer? Like, give me a break. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think he's a, a lock for, you know, he's not a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He he probably will get in first ballot. Um, but, you know, say what you want. He, the, as bad as those last couple of seasons were for him, because that's one of the problems with the Giants. We held on to Eli way too long because he was the Giants family and he brought us two Super Bowls. We should have got rid of Eli. And then benched him for Geno Smith. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, he brought two championships. He he really say what you want. The first Super Bowl, yeah, it was it was mostly the defense, but that second one that he had a, I think he has the most passing yards um, in playoff history for a playoff run in that that 2011 2012 season. So um, yeah, I do think he's a Hall of Famer. And like the Pittsburgh Steelers fan in me, uh, I mean, like all other stuff about him aside, I mean, like I kind of feel like this parallel story with the journey of Ben Roethlisberger. It's like, you know, the two titles, cool, you know, love you for it, but dear God, we should have moved on way before we did, you know, limping (laughs) into the finish line at the end of the career, you know? So it's like, yeah, I mean, I mad love for Eli Manning. You know, he had a hell of a career. Maybe we'd view him a little differently if his last name was something else. But like I said, two Super Bowls are two Super Bowls. And it's like, you know, you can't argue with that. But I mean, geez. I, okay. Steering it back into the current context yes. of everything that's going on. Although, Sorry, I, well, no, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's fun to talk about. You know, like it's a football show. It's, it's not just <laughs> fantasy all the time. But so we got that. Maybe we'll see what ends up happening at the quarterback position. I like everything that you've laid out, but I think the other really big thing before I kind of just like leave it open-ended for, you know, you to, you know, close it out for your thoughts on the Giants. I want to talk to you, Jay, and then I want to throw it down to Rocky as well because Saquon Barkley is one of those players where that rookie year was phenomenal. A lot of, you know, catches out of the backfield, doing crazy stuff, crazy yardage totals. And ever since, he's had a really hard time staying on the field. Now, I mean, clearly, I am not a doctor. I will never claim to be. And if I do, then, I mean, that would be a really weird kind of villain origin story plot twist for me. But until that day comes, I'm not going to claim to be a doctor. Kind of like Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, right? I mean. It's, of course, yeah. So that's best present. Hello, everybody. But like, so, yeah, we'll get a little bit of that at some point, possibly. I don't know. We'll see how my life goes. But but so so the injuries with Saquon Barkley, at least in terms of my understanding of the medical stuff, it's like it's not a lot of connected related things, you know, but at the same time, it's still a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff that's, you know, really kept him out. Even heading into this year, I think he only played something. It was like I, I did the calculations. It was like 54 or 56 percent of uh, possible games he could have played, whatever it was. He just can't find the field. Last year, it hampered him a lot as well. You already went over his stats. He wasn't super effective. I'm kind of of the mindset that that first year with Eli Manning, just constantly dumping it off to him was maybe the best we ever see from him. And that was part of his effectiveness, but I'm not going to go too deep with it because that's why I have you two to talk about this with (laughs) Saquon Barkley. What the hell are we doing with him? We start with you, Jay. (laughs) So uh, you hit the nail on the head that first year, the reason, not the reason, but one of the main factors of him having such a great fantasy year was because Eli Manning had a noodle arm at that point in his career and he could just dump the ball off, and that was pretty much it. Um, with that being said, I still don't know what I'm doing with Saquon Barkley from a fantasy perspective. From a real football perspective, I would prefer the Giants to trade him because, by you know, we're, like I've said, we're nowhere near competing for a Super Bowl. You know, I I would rather get what we can get for him. You know, use it towards building for the future. You know, put. <laughs> Put Barkley on the 49ers or well, the Ravens won't trade from with Tobbins, but, you know, put him on one of those teams where he doesn't have to have that type of workload, but he can still, I mean, you put him in a scheme that that's run first and man, I still believe in the talent. And like you said, yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of the game and the game, the injuries, even though they are piling up their quote unquote freak injuries they are not, re, you know, not related. It's not like, you know, he's got, you know, a soft tissue injury that continues to happen. Yeah. It's, it's he's, he's not Will Fuller by any means. It's not right, just a recurring right, or, hamstring. You know, yeah. Right. Or, you know, a finger injury that keeps him out for the entire year. What do you play, like five snaps this year or something like that? It's nothing crazy but, like that. Yeah. yeah. But 
Um, from a dynasty perspective, I'm honestly probably staying away from Saquon. It, de- it depends on where you would get, you know, start up if you're looking at rounds three, four, then maybe. But uh, if you can trade for him on the cheap, that's fine. Redraft, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to go around that area, the third round. If you can get a guy like Saquon Barkley, I'm, I'm the type I like to draft running backs early and often and yeah you know, no way I'm touching him in the first or the second but Ooh, no. you know th- taking a risk with a guy like Saquon Barkley is your RB2 um that's the type of move that can pay off if he return you know 75% of the the production he had that first year I mean that that's the type of move that can help you win a championship Saquon Barkley what do you got Rocky mm-hmm. Yeah, from I'm just gonna look at it from a fantasy perspective because I don't really care about it from a real perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Giants fan. Fair enough. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm buying Saquon Barkley. I, I was I, I was checking while you were talking. I, I'm in two startups actually right now. Um, in one, I took him at 412, and in oh the other goodness. one, he went at 409. Yeah, so, all day, yes, all day. That's his price now. That that I'm buying all day, and I. I'll buy him in trade. Too. I, I don't think you have to trade very much for Saquon Barkley. You might, with the, the hype of the 23 class, you could probably get him for a single 23 first, I think. Uh, so, yeah. hmm. especially if someone thinks it's not going to be that good. But I think people are, I think people are way down on Barkley in a fantasy perspective. And I, I, I can't quit Barkley. I just, I, I'm with Jay. I believe in the talent. I, I saw it that first year. Uh, I'm not a big college guy, but in Philadelphia, the only team that's anywhere remotely near us that matters is Penn State. So uh, I, I tended to follow him a little bit there. And he's just he is. He's just one of those great talents. And he's just been stuck on that horrible you know, team that Jay roots for. So um, it's the truth. You don't have to hesitate. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I agree. And so I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself a story that he's a year removed from the, the ACL and Dable coming in is going to make the offense better. And I'd be buying, especially because, like I said, I, this is like easily the lowest he's ever been price wise since coming into the league. I may have to uh, go back and post and edit out that comment you made because uh, my co-host McLateral, a former Temple student, I feel like he may have <laughs> yeah. a, a thing or two to That's say about I said the only that, <laughs> that team that matters. Because I, I I did think of Temple, but like yeah, they, they don't matter. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But yeah, they had that like one moment in like a couple a few years back where, where they were ranked and everyone was all excited about it. Oh, yeah. And one I more thing it. too, when we're talking about Barkley, you know, mm-hmm. Dable before um, Josh Allen came to Buffalo, he was very run heavy, so. I would not be surprised to see him feature Saquon Barkley in this offense. So to see what he's got out of him, what he can get out of him. So let's just look ahead, kind of put a bow on it. What are we really looking at moving forward for the Giants in the year 2022 and beyond? And then also, you know, just if you have ballpark rankings for some of these, you know, key offensive weapons in fantasy at this point, because again, we're recording this in February. It's not like you have to lock in anything specific, right? but you know, just ballpark it. Tell me what you're thinking and we'll see what's up. So I don't expect the giants to be big spenders in free agency. Uh, Joe Shane likes to build through the draft. He's already said that this team is nowhere near competing. Uh, we've got a lot of draft capital. I honestly would not be surprised to see the Giants trade back from either the five or the seven. I hope we do because we've got a tremendous amount of holes to fill. Um, that's what she said. Hey, <laughs> with uh, with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised to uh, you know 
Um, Evan Ingram is a free agent, so I I think we're gonna cut uh, Kyle Rudolph. Even if we don't, he's he's nothing special. I wouldn't be surprised to see us bring in a cheap veteran tight end like a Gerald Everett, like a, a Uzama. I would love uh, us to sign. I don't think it'll happen, but like I like Njoku. Um, he was somebody Ooh. I wanted us to draft him over Evan Ingram. That's the guy that I wanted. Um, but with that being said. That's really the only on the offensive side of the ball. That's the only move I really see us making. Um, there's rumors we could cut Sterling Shepard. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. If we do, maybe we sign like a cheap, you know, not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Emmanuel Sanders retires, but that type of player, like a guy yeah, that's, yeah. that's solid, been around forever, you know, a veteran presence. Um, I, I'm really excited about where this team is headed. I think it's, 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 Joe Shane, however you say his name, I think he's he's the type of guy that is going to not do what Gettleman did, where you know playing this okay, we're rebuilding, but we're going to sign guys like Kenny Galladay to a huge contract and the Blake Martinez's, which I like Blake Martinez. You know, uh, Logan Ryan has been good, but it didn't make sense where we were, where we are as a franchise. Where those are the type of signings you make when you need a couple pieces to put you of over course, the top. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for what's coming. I think we're going to, it's going to be a couple year rebuild. I don't want to win. I don't want to win in 2022 because that just means we're going to have a worse pick. Um, I, I, it's going to be a few years. Um, rough ranks when we're talking about, I, I still believe in Saquon Barkley. I would right now have him as a high end RB two. So maybe in like the, 13 to 15 range okay um that's that's about where i would be comfortable taking him uh we really don't have a tight end on the team because evan ingram's a free agent kyle yeah. rudolph is not anybody who's fantasy relevant yeah he might get catch a touchdown if you're it's lucky. not it's not 2009 anymore you right, know? I mean, right. exactly <laughs> when he was he was the the hype it was all about kyle rudolph um wide receivers sterling shepherd He's okay if you can get him cheap. He can't stay on the field. Like he puts up numbers when he's out there, but it's really about being the only consistent presence out there. Um, I've got no interest in Darius Slayton. I do have some interest in Kenny Galladay only because I mean everybody has completely written him off, and I do still think he's talented. Yes, he's older um, than most people realize, but I mean if you can get him for next to nothing, it's it's worth the shot. Um, of all the wide receivers on the team, I've you know, uh, Kadarius Tony is the one that interests me the most, but both Galladay and Tony um, redraft type of thinking. I mean, you're looking flex plays that you hope, you know, hope hit. I'm not, not going out of my way to get these guys. It's more of if you can get them for a value, they're worth taking the shot. All right. Well, you know, I think that puts, uh, I think that puts the team in some pretty good perspective for sure. So, there we go. We got the Giants in the books. Now we move on. Uh, well, I guess before we move on, I do want to put out a couple things. One, of the cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, I am a big fan of Jim's. That is my official stance. And then number two, Rocky, I don't know if you're also a Phillies fan. I would imagine that you are. I will never forgive the Phillies for poaching Bryce Harper away from the Washington <laughs> Nationals. That broke my heart, damn it. But you know what? We still MVP got that World Bryce Series Harper. anyway. We still got that World <laughs> Series anyway. So who, who's laughing now? Anyways, so got to get that out of the way just because, you know, that's the asshole that I am. But we got the Philadelphia Eagles coming up next on this show. So, you know, 
I guess you can respond to any of those erroneous things that I said, and then we can get into what went well for the Eagles in 2021. Yeah, first, I just think you need to refer to him as MVP, Bryce Harper. But God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I was afraid you were going to ask me, like, what cheesesteak. I, 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 this is blasphemous, but I am not a cheesesteak guy. I don't really like cheesesteaks. So to each I, their own, you know. I mean, <laughs> so people always get on me for that. And Philly, how do you not eat cheesesteaks? But anyway, uh, what went well for the Eagles in 2021? I'm kind of the opposite of Jay. I, relative at least to expectations, I don't think there's a lot that didn't go well for the Eagles in 2021. Like going back to the draft, first get, getting rid of Carson Wentz. So, I mean, we've seen what a shell of a player he's uh, become. Ugh. So, not great. Uh, yeah. And getting a first round, ended up getting a first round pick for him. We have three first round picks now, which happened after we traded uh, back from six. Uh, to 12, and I think it was back up to nine to get Devontae Smith, but we picked up an extra first in the process. So three first-round picks this year now. And in terms of the actual season, I mean, a lot went well. Jalen Hurts, as much as people like to hate on him sometimes, he did progress as a passer from year one to year two at least. Um, Most of his rate stats went up. He he went up nine points in completion percentage. Uh, his interception percentage went down, his sack percentage went down. He ticked up a notch in yards per attempt. I mean, pretty much everything. QBR was better. Yeah. So pretty much everything was better overall. Uh, the run game was fantastic. Once Sirianni realized, you know, that the team can run the ball, he was <laughs> having a hard time. That, that took way too long for him to yes, figure out, too. I mean, did. dear God. <laughs> it was like week seven or eight, and that's when that's when they started playing a lot. But, I mean, it helped. The schedule helped, but they played a lot better overall. Are they uh, ever going to free Miles Sanders? I, that's I, the thing I was just going to uh, say. Unfortunately, uh, it's not one player most of the time. Uh, Sanders did have a couple hundred-yard games towards the end of the year. I think a lot of people forget that, so – I do have oh, some hope yeah. for him. Yeah, I love I Miles Sanders. I despise the Eagles, but I love Miles Sanders. I love the talent. He's always got a, a high yards per carry. I don't mean to interrupt you, Rocky, but I just no, it's yeah. so frustrating. I I believe in the talent of Miles Sanders. Yeah, I really a, do. A, a sandwiched around there by week 13, 24 for 120. Uh, week 15, 18 for 131. They were starting to give him the ball. Then he got hurt again. That's also been one of his big things. He seems to get hurt a lot. But uh, they figured out the running game overall. Jalen Hurts helped that, obviously. And also the, the offensive line was a, a really big plus for 2021. Not that that's necessarily fantasy-centric, but, uh, you know, try taking guys on teams with bad offensive lines. A lot of times it doesn't work, unless you're Joe Burrow, apparently. As, but, a, Steelers, <laughs> as a Steelers fan, I know how that feels, you know, watching yes. players. Not Najee Harris, for as well as he did, dear God, it was painful to watch sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, they had a Jordan Mailata's young tackle became one of the uh, one of the top left tackles in the league. Landon Dickerson, who they drafted in the second round, he played. He's got off to a bit of a rocky start, but played really well as the season went on. And they have Kelsey, who's been great for for years. And Lane yeah. Johnson uh, dealt with some mental health issues, but once he came back, he was he was doing great as well. So, yep, it was, like I said, pretty much everything over, like Darius Slay, I mean, even going to the defensive side, made the uh, Pro Bowl, uh, and deservedly, not just because, you know, 90% of the NFL makes the Pro Bowl, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he was great. And just, like I said, everything from it until, the, well, I'll get to the point where things went a little awry, but uh, in a minute here, but. But yeah, overall, I think the season was way beyond it. We kind of, in Philly, were looking at it as a rebuilding year. Uh, to get nine and eight in a playoff game, get Sirianni some playoff experience, get hurt some playoff experience. I uh, it couldn't have gone much better than than we could have hoped. I think. 
Yeah, true. And, you know, I think there are definitely a lot of things looking up for them. I know that Jalen Hurts is kind of a pretty big topic of discussion in terms of what his long-term outlook is just because I think he, he has the job next year. That is about as far into the future as I can confidently say that. Although I have been a staunch defender of his on this podcast and pretty much any other podcast I've ever been on in any article I've ever written about Jalen Hurts. I think he's, I think he's incredibly talented. And the one thing that you really can't teach a player or at least not teach a quarterback very easily is that really narrow throw down the sideline, fitting it into that tight window. He at least has that going for them. There are things that need to continue to clean up there, but I mean, even kind of transitioning off of that, looking into what went poorly, I want to ask you about Jalen Rager and JJ Ortega White. <laughs> that was going to be one of my big answers to what went poorly. Any, any pass catcher besides, Besides Devontae Smith oh, and no. besides Dallas Goddard, it was uh, Jalen Rager was a disaster. It, it, getting into what went poorly, but I, I was kind of obliquely referring to there was was that playoff game kind of wiped away a oh whole bunch God. of the goodness. Cool. That was Jaylen, hard to watch, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. Oh, it, Jalen Hurts had his worst game of the year. He had he had been solid the whole second half up to that point. Uh, I'm going to blame it. You know, it's almost where he's sort of like a rookie, even though it's his second year, he hadn't played very much. So that's some of it. Uh, You know, first time on the big stage, he also had the ankle, how much that factored in, I don't know, but he also couldn't run the way he normally would. And that showed in his numbers, the second half of the year, he was, he was still running, but he wasn't dynamic the way he was early on. So, but yeah, that was definitely one of the biggest things that went poorly is, is seeing Hertz regress like that. And, And Sirianni did not have a great playoff game either. Uh, and then Rager in that playoff game pretty much blew the game. I mean, they were probably not going to win, but any chance they had, they were, I think it was like still a 17 nothing game at that point, early in the third quarter. And he fumbles a, a punt in midfield. They were going to have the ball back in midfield. And they, they had been playing really well. They, they had sacked, a, and then they ended three consecutive drives with Tom Brady sacks um, at that point. And then he fumbles it the the bucks go downfield and scores 24 nothing game over so and that's just the microcosm of like what happened all season with him he he there were very few flashes of anything we we had hoped that that Rager would step it up this year and, and there's some talk uh i think by a lot of people in the philly area and outside the philly area we, we may be pulling a lions and going first round wide receiver for the third year in a row here i mean there are I guess worse ideas in the world. I mean, I don't know because again, especially like, was, with three picks. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and plus, you know, I mean, like the one thing that I feel like uh, both of the teams that we've talked about uh, have in common is uh, when you look at the wide receiver position, it's just a very large shrug after like one guy. You know what I mean? Like because I mean, like, I mean, look, I'm willing to give Kenny Galladay a small, teeny little mulligan. We'll see how that ends up going. It was just a weird year for him, but we've seen him do it very well. And we've also seen Devontae Smith do really well as well. So it's, it's two teams where it's like one guy, like, okay, we think it could be pretty good. And then after that, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's horrible. So, I mean, uh, I guess. They love you know, to point out, though, that Jay Jaw's a hell of a blocker. See, and, and there you go. You know, Which is why it, he's literally why he's on the team, I believe, is because he's a, a good blocker out of the wide receiver position. Everything you want your receiver to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it's, it's the only way that I've ever interpreted, you know, scouting the wide receiver position in my life is the first thing I always look for is can this guy block first and foremost exactly. is this the th- <laughs> that, that's the most important <laughs> skill set of a wide receiver i think is, is blocking. You know, right. exactly in, in fantasy and real football you want yeah. a good blocking wide receiver in fantasy football 
those blocking points, you know, they're fractional, but they add up as the game points goes along. Yeah. It, you know, exactly. So, you know, it worked. I don't know. It's just fascinating as hell about how Rocky, that's going to... I've got a question for you, and this is more on the real yeah. football side. And I've said this to you. Um, I do know a lot of Eagles fans, and you are one of the few that I consider <laughs> a reasonable Eagles fan. Um, you know, I know you have to play who's on your schedule, but the Eagles, they did have a, a better season than anticipated, but we've talked about this before. They did only beat one team with a winning record. Um, do you, uh, yeah. what's your takeaway from that? Do you think it's there? Maybe their, their season was a little inflated because of, they played teams that weren't necessarily up to the par, especially the way that they looked against the Buccaneers, or is it one of those things that people are just using any excuse to not give them any credit? I think it's a little of both. I, I think, I mean, like you said, you can only play who's on your schedule. They, they, they did play pretty well against a lot of those teams. They pretty much dominated Washington twice. Um, they destroyed the Lions earlier in the year. They, they beat the Jets by like 15 points. I mean, again, these are all bad teams, but they did what you're supposed to do against bad teams. It's not like they were, you know, and somehow they lost to your one, Giants. One team <laughs> that they, uh, I had to throw, I, didn't, I wasn't even going there until you went there. So, but yes. <laughs> Um, but for the most part, they really took care of business against the, those weaker teams. It, and uh, once they did start running the ball, it made a difference too. They, they, they did play the Chargers. It was like, I think, a four-point game, uh, or three-point game. I think they went on a field goal at the end of the game, the Chargers did. Um, so, I mean, not they didn't make the playoffs either, but uh, they, 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 a lot of They were definitely one that. of the better teams in the NFL. Yes, yes. So, uh, and uh, the Saints, who, who tailed off, but at the time were still kind of in the mix. They, they beat them pretty handily also. So, I, I think it's a little of both, but I, I, I'm still encouraged. Like I said, it, it shows that they can beat at least the bad teams, and then hopefully Sirianni and Hurts can, can take a step next year, and we can get actually on to beating the good teams. Yeah. <laughs> Feed Miles Sanders. That's all I have to say. Yeah, man, you know, and that's certainly one way they can – look to improve upon things so to kind of flip the script a little bit i will actually hand it back to you first jay looking forward a little bit with the eagles i mean kind of looking for like you know what needs to change what do you expect to change what could happen i mean feed miles sanders that's what needs to happen i i don't think it's gonna happen and i'm not saying that miles sanders needs to be the bell cow but i would like to see him get like a 60 percent backfield chair or something like that i mean he's so explosive yeah you know especially his rookie season he had some some wide open lanes that he went the opposite way, but that's what young players do. That's what rookies do. That's teachable moments. He is, he is a guy that I hate talking so good about Eagles, but he is a guy that he can take it to the house every single time the ball is in his hands. Um, I actually like where, what the Eagles are doing, especially with these three picks, you know, they can really, they could go best player available. Devonta Smith, I think was a great pick. I would not be surprised to see him take another wide receiver. You know, now that Ertz is gone, they can really focus on Goddard um, being that, you know, that alpha tight end. You know, I mean, he's basically a wide receiver. He's uh, you got him. You got Devonta Smith. You've got amazing pass blocking from J. Jaw. Um, this team, <laughs> this team, I, I really as much as I hate to say it, I, I think that the uh, the Eagles are headed in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm I'm with Jay, I, and I I'm I'm also with you, Herms. I do not want them uh, doing anything at quarterback. I know they come out and said they're not, but I I'm still a little wary that Howie's looking around because 
That, that's There's what the Eagles tend to do. a lot of talk yes. about Russell Wilson. Everybody yes. talking Russell Wilson. Ooh, and and yeah. I wouldn't hate the Russell Wilson thing because, I, I, you know, Russell Wilson's obviously great. And I think he's still young enough. I think he's like 33-ish, I want right. to say. Oh yeah, God. now we see guys playing in, you know, their prime is their, their early to mid-30s almost. So, yeah, I'm with you there. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't hate the Russell Wilson talk, but I, I want to see them give Hurts a chance. I, I think he can improve. Uh, I mean, if you look at Josh Allen after two years had, had actually not again, not that I'm going to say Jalen Hurts is going to be Josh Allen. But oh, if you look you at heard, you heard it here first, Rocky said Jalen Hurts <laughs> is Josh Allen. There we go. Uh, All right. It's, it's, on, it's on West. It's a, it's forever. I it's actually difficult. made the same comparison in another pod and they said basically the same thing. But my point is just that you look at their stats in the first couple of years they are similar and it shows a guy, you know, a guy can still make a leap at this point. And not that he's going to make that big of a leap, but he can improve as a passer. I don't want them uh, unless Russell Wilson's about the only guy I don't want watching. Cause I don't think the legal troubles are going to clear up enough this off season. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he's dead unless he settles. I, I don't know that, that it's definitely going to be clear up before the, before the beginning of next season. So I'd rather just stay away. And we've and, seen it with the NFL before, even if, you know, he does settle the NFL can suspend him based on what the, the player conduct policy, like Adrian yes. Peterson wasn't charged with anything and he got yeah. suspended. So like, if you make the shield look bad, you know, the shield right. is going to punish exactly. you. I mean, that's just how that right. is. Right. And, and beyond the quarterback position, I'm with Jay to feed Miles Sanders. And as I mentioned, they, they did sort of start doing that. Uh, he, you know, his, he was injured, came back week 11, 16 carries, nine carries in that loss to the Giants. Um, oh. and, then, and then 24 and 18, uh, the two games after that with, with five catches combined in those games. Then he got hurt in the next game, which was also against the Giants. So it looked like they were trying to make him more of a focal point in the run game. And, and it was working, as I said, two games over 120 yards. Uh, and then the other thing, obviously, is they need to they need to add another pass catcher, uh, whether it's in the draft or I wouldn't mind like a Godwin uh, coming off the injury. Maybe they can get him a little cheaper. Uh, you know, I he love can play Chris a lot. Godwin. He could play a lot of the slot and then and, and, and Devontae on the outside and then Goddard running up the seam. So, uh, I, but Godwin, I wouldn't even mind if, if they didn't want to go big time. I mean, I wouldn't even mind like an A Rob, like a veteran presence to yeah, help Devontae. Yeah. That makes a lot uh, of and, sense. And, yeah. So just need to get somebody, uh, uh, you know, an, another receiver that they can depend on because it's not, uh, it's not Rager and it's not Jay John. If it, <laughs> It's true. I mean, if they do dip their toe in the draft water again for the third time, which again, I mean, like there are a lot of uh, other needs that the team has. The, uh, on a recent episode, I discussed with our buddy uh, Dan Turner of Champions Round. Uh, at the end of the episode, I gave him a little bonus. Hey, talk about your team went well. Um, Known Jay Jaw Truther. I just wanted to throw oh, that yeah, out sorry. there. <laughs> Known yeah. Jay Jaw Truther, Dan Turner. Yeah, I love you, Dan. I, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All love to Dan. Uh, so for those of you who may have missed that episode, go back and listen to it. He was talking about, I gave him the hypothetical, like, you know, because he got to meet Howie Roseman at the Senior Bowl coverage. So I told him, I was like, let's just pretend when you met, he was like, hey, you get to be the GM of, you know, the team. You get to make all of these picks. What are you doing with that? He said he would take a lot of defensive players. He mentioned, I think, uh, like, N'Kobe Dean, or yes. I think that's that guy's, yeah, so like that could be something. But so I'm going to give the same hypothetical to you because just to, to make all things equal, we're going to give you these picks in the first round. How are you going to go with that? You don't even have to go with specific players if you don't want to, but I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. So 
you are making the draft choices for the Eagles. What are you doing with it? Yeah, I, I don't know enough to to, to give you specific players, <laughs> especially outside of <laughs> offense. And even the offensive guys, I'm still kind of diving into at this point uh, in the non-point scoring season. But uh, I definitely love the idea of Dean. I do know him. Um, I, I do worry the Eagles won't go there. But I, I would take it, it – well, here's what I would do. I'd take at least one defensive player. I would yeah. trade one of them and try and add it to 20, get, get a 23 first, maybe trade back into the second and pick up a 23 first or something yeah. like that. Um, I, I don't, cause the, there is, and this has been talked about a little in Philly. There is the issue, you know, if you have 23 for uh, three, I'm sorry, three 22 first uh, and your expect expectation of course, is that they all hit. Um, and then you're coming up in four years with three guys, you got to pay a whole bunch of money to at the same time. So uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um to just keep rolling it forward. I don't know that you need to take three, especially, like I said, you can trade back to the second and then pick up a first or something like that. That's what I'd be looking to do with one of them. And I, if they don't get someone in free agency, I would, I would like going to see. There's a lot of good receivers in this draft. I do know that. I don't know enough to pick one uh, out of the group right now. I mean, I know who the big names are, you know, Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson uh, and Drake London and all those guys. But I go receiver, I go defender, whether it's a linebacker, the Eagles don't tend to take linebackers, but they definitely need, I believe it's been like 35 years since they took a linebacker in the first round, something like that. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. oh, damn. Since uh, the last time the Giants did, it might've been Lawrence Taylor. So yeah. Uh, but, but whether, I mean, they could use help in the entire, they need another edge rusher uh, outside of Slay. The secondary isn't amazing. They could use another, another corners. They had Steven Nelson on a one-year contract. So I go defender, whoever, best defender available, best receiver available, uh, and try and move the other one into the to the 23 draft. All right. Well, there it is, folks. We got the Philadelphia Eagles in the books. And now we move on to my least favorite thing in the world to talk about, just selfishly because I've, I've documented my weird relationship with the now Washington Commanders on this podcast and all that stuff before. Yes, I am a Steelers fan. My parents are from the Pittsburgh area. I was born and raised a Steelers fan, but I live in the Washington, D.C. area. So I picked up watching that team for funsies when I was a child. That team is a fucking dumpster fire. I absolutely hate Dan Snyder. I hope he loses the team because that dude's a massive piece of shit. And the whole thing has been terrible the entire time I've been living here. And I don't see an end in sight, which brings me into what went well. Nothing. Which rules me into what went poorly. Everything. Because honestly, dude, I swear to God. Every time, like, I just see the one time, the one time we get the quarterback thing right, kind of. You know, it's just like RG3, like, he never learned how to slide. He snaps his knee. But thank God we got Kirk Cousins. We have a guy in Kirk Cousins that was super cool. But no, no, we refuse to pay him. So he walks. And what ends up happening? We are relegated to Taylor Heineke. That's the world that we live in now. So cool. All right, great. They don't have a quarterback. That's going to be terrible. I don't know. Oh, God, the receivers outside of Terry McLaurin, I mean, I can't even name more than two of them. I mean, dear God. And then I mean, there's a decent chance Logan Thomas never plays football again because of, you know, how hurt he got and all this stuff. So it's like, I don't know. And then the defense, like, oh, well, everything's going to be so cool in 2021 because look at the year they had in 2020. Nope. <laughs> Jokes on you. So that didn't work out either. Super, I, oh, God, I, I hate this team so much. I'm so glad that I distanced myself because it's irritating. I can't do that to myself anymore. I'm only being this animated. For the sake, of, because for the sake of this podcast, I had to put myself back in the mindset of being a fan of that team. It's a goddamn nightmare. I don't, I don't fucking know. It's horrible. Okay, so there we go. Jay, why don't you talk about the Commanders? Do I have to? I mean, 
kind of, I, yeah, the one thing I pretty much agree with everything you said. The one thing I'll say, I think Terry McLaurin is a great buy low right now. Uh, with that being said, your veteran dynasty players aren't going to be selling him no low because they know that he's got the talent. I there's a lot of talk of Washington Commanders, which by the way, I have to say their new uniforms are awful. I mean, they are absolutely awful. Like the, the name, whatever. Like the, the name is generic. It, the name, like the pants don't even have any name. stripes on them yeah but i mean you could have done something better with the uniforms but that's True. here nor there um maybe they'll change it if he's forced to sell the team but and then terry mclaurin can play for like we were talking about earlier four teams without leaving uh one franchise but <laughs> you never know <laughs> if uh you know it, i think terry mclaurin if you're able to get him at a discounted price the talent's there just the quarterback hasn't been there and there has been a lot of talk that the commanders are looking very hard at upgrading the quarterback position, uh, probably via trading for one of these quarterbacks who are supposedly on the market, the Russell Wilsons. You know, I don't see Aaron Rodgers going there, but there's talk that they're interested in them, the Deshaun Watsons. Um, I would expect them, if they, they aren't able to make that happen, to draft a quarterback because um, that's real. Like the offensive wise, you know, Antonio Gibson has been. Has been, you know, that was probably the the best offensive weapon they had this yeah. year. Uh, JD McKissick was solid. Uh, you know, they they definitely need some some more wide receiver help. There's been a lot of talk of them going after Chris Godwin. Um, you put a just a decent quarterback back there and Terry McLaurin to the moon. I was hoping we'd get that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but then of course he had to get hurt in typical Washington quarterback fashion because they always get hurt. It's uh, it, it's painful. Okay, I'm not going to bring up those every memories. time oh. somebody buys into Ryan Fitzpatrick, that happens. Yeah, something just, whether he underperforms or gets hurt or something, you know, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is the backup, that's when you want him. But when he's your starter, it something's going to happen. It's 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 painful. Okay, I'm not going to open that wound. Okay, Rocky, before I just oh okay, it's your turn. It's your turn. Oh. <laughs> I will say, like I said, I don't, I don't like the. I, I wish they had just stuck with Washington football team. I, I, I like the. I that had grown on me over these past two years. I like Washington. Pretty good I, did, I didn't like the Washington football team, but I would have preferred that to the Commanders. <laughs> I would have liked Red Tails. I think Red Tails was perfect. You know, it ties into the history, and, but that's here nor there. Or the Red Hogs would have been cool. But. Oh, Hogs, man! That yeah, oh, I, I kind of like the Hogs thing too. Yeah, my boss would have loved that. I mean, just like yo. But just again, throw back to the last time they were good. You it's know, it's Dan <laughs> Snyder, so of course he didn't make the right decision. And uh, I'll just mention the one guy you guys haven't mentioned yet. I do still have hold out hope for Antonio Gibson. I love that guy. He's another guy. Yeah. I just believe in the talent. Uh, I, I kind of doubted him coming out as a rookie because he had so such a low workload. Uh, in college, uh, but but he's shown he can handle the running back workload, and they haven't even really used him to the fullest extent as a receiver. Which, you know, when he came out, people he was being referred to as receiver when he first declared for the draft, yeah. and then he's not catching balls that much in the pro thanks to JD McKissick. So uh, I think he's a free agent. I I'm not positive on that. He um, is back. He's oh, he he's on a two year okay. deal. So JD McKissick will be back one more time. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah. Hopefully they still. There will still. There were still some games. I remember specifically there were a couple like six or seven catch games in the second half of last yeah. year. I can't pinpoint which ones they were, but uh, hopefully they use him more. 
Um, and that maybe the uh, the touchdown variance uh, goes his way this year, especially if they upgrade a quarterback, because it, it kind of did go his way his rookie year. I think he had mm-hmm. about 12 touchdowns his rookie year or something like that. He did quite and then well. it didn't. Yeah, it did not go as well last year. So maybe it swings back in his direction. So for a fantasy option, he's got the talent. And if he can, can add a handful more touchdowns, I think uh, I, I, I think we could see an RB one season from him. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's. It's been very frustrating because I mean, like I don't know, I I left my fandom. I temporarily came back for a little bit because I was excited about Ron Rivera, but I recently decided to stop caring again after they just completely <laughs> botched the whole Sean Taylor jersey retirement because that was a fucking disgrace. You don't desecrate that man's name and honor like right. that. But it, so either way, I mentioned that just to say I bought back in around the time that you know, like Antonio Gibson was coming in, and it's like you know. I, I always understood that it was going to be a bit of a transition because he hadn't really played running back for a long time. I mean, like he had at some point in the past, but not so much in Memphis, but things looked up for him the rookie year. Turf toe. I think it was the game against my Steelers, actually. The, you know, that's kind of the where it tailed off for him. And then, you know, but we saw that signs again. We talked about it on this show, actually, a lot. It was the second half of the year. I think it was coming out of their bye week. He really had that solid run, but mm-hmm. JD McKissick being the thorn in the side, just like it would only be one more season of that potentially, because I think after that, there's really no chance they bring him back, but these are also probably going to be the prime fantasy years of Antonio Gibson. So it's like, I understand his value is a little bit underappreciated. I think that there is room for growth, but by the time, specifically from a dynasty perspective, things really do open up for him. He's going to be creeping closer and closer to that age cliff. Right. So it's like, I just, it's so, fr- and then also like with the quarterback thing, like I guess transitioning a little bit into looking ahead. I mean, dear God, like I know they're looking at the quarterback stuff and I know, but I'll tell you, I mean, where I live, it's a ton of fans of this team. It's all they talk about all this stuff. I think the draft is the thing a lot of people are talking about, at least in terms of what I've been hearing chatter around. Cause like there are a few people at work that are really big fans and they keep talking about in the draft. It's like, well, you know, like, I don't know. I keep hearing about this Malik Willis kid. He could be pretty good. Or like, I don't know. Kenny Pickett could be pretty good, but you know what I think they'll probably do because they're incredible. I think they're probably good. They're a dumbass team that would be like, you know what? We're sitting here with the eighth pick. That Desmond Ritter guy looks pretty good. Sure. <laughs> Sure, why not? And just do, do something like that. Like, I, whatever they do at the quarterback position, like, whatever speculation is out there, I promise the answer will eventually be the dumbest possible thing that you are not currently thinking of right now. Because I think what a lot of people like to do is look at, well, what would actually work really well for them? No, no, no. no, no. See, that's the problem. You can't think about what the reasonable thing would be. <laughs> you have to think about the dumbest possible thing that they could do. <laughs> so well, it's like, signs Marcus Mariota to be their starting quarterback. Honest God, to God. I could see that. I could I, see that. And I've heard that name a lot. <laughs> I have. I heard that last year. I heard that even still now. So it's like, look, and no disrespect respect to Mariota. I think he could be okay, but if we're trying that's oh, not going to solve the problem. I don't that's know. what they've been doing. I mean, Taylor Heineke was okay for a lot of the year. He yeah. yeah the Alex him. Smith move. Like, it yeah. was like all just band-aids to, to they weren't looking for they had the guy with Kirk Cousins and they then they go to Alex yes. Smith. And that is why I stopped being a fan in the first place, because I was and like I, you had one job. You had one job. <laughs> Arms, you said you have a bunch of uh, Washington fans around you. Believe it or not, there's a lot of Washington fans in North Carolina because I'm old enough to remember when the Carolina Panthers did not exist. So that was the one of the closest teams that were, you know, 
semi-successful, won a Super Bowl in the 90s. You know, it's been a long time since they've been successful, but yeah. uh, there is a fair share of Washington football fans in North Carolina. Yeah, the last time they were any good, I was still uh, shitting myself and had to be changed. That's that's how long it's been. <laughs> well, but has that? I mean, what? So is that two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so up oh, until a couple right. of years ago, I find I learned how to be potty trained. I'm very proud of myself. You know, it's just one we're of those proud things. Of you, well, thank you so much. You know, and that's it's one of my greater accomplishments. Uh, so I guess I'll hand it over to uh, both of you. We'll start with Rocky, and then we'll go up to Jay to round it out. Anything in particular that could be interesting for you looking ahead i don't know <laughs> uh it could be interesting i i guess if they got a good quarterback like if somehow they got into a russell wilson sweepstakes or or deshaun watson ended up there i mean yeah. i don't see any of these happening uh but th that would definitely pique my interest for you know any part of that offense at that point obviously i mean that's that's been the issue it's been the we just talked about it. it's been the issue for years and years they they cannot solve the quarterback issue, and yeah, they had Kirk Cousins, who's probably the, the best quarterback, uh, maybe in the. I, I'm trying to think back, maybe in the whole 21st century that they've had. But in uh, in my memorable <laughs> lifetime, he yes. has been the best. He's yes. been the best. They had one job. They had one <laughs> yeah. So I mean, other than that, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, they I think like the Eagles, they they definitely need another pass catcher too. But the quarterback upgrade is way more important. Yeah, uh, I'm, I 100% agree with Rocky. I think, you know, I think the defense, even though they took a step back this year, I still think they have uh, probably, I mean, I know the Cowboys stepped it up, but talent-wise, I think they've got it, arguably the best defense in the division. Um, you know, you put a solid quarterback, another pass catcher, this team can make the playoffs next year. Um, I'm still extremely high on Terry McLaurin. Um, I hope they don't give up a ton for like a Russell Wilson. Cause I don't know if, you know, he's not the answer to make a deep run. I, I think a Deshaun Watson makes a lot of sense for this team. You know, the similar to the giants where, you know, he's still, even if, though you have to give up a lot to get him, he's still young enough where a team that still needs a lot of pieces. It makes sense. Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of a step ahead and uh, shout out Ron Rivera because he is a, Heck of a human being. I was able to meet him. Um, long story short, I was a college job. I won a, a contest. I got to go to Panthers training camp, and he was there just just talking to people like we're talking right now. Just a down earth human being. Very very cool guy. I'll never forget it. Um, so for that sake, I hope that uh, they do have a little success for Ron Rivera. Ah, oh, yeah, dude, fabulous guy. I mean, like, just I love him to death. No matter how I feel about. Dan Snyder, no matter how I feel about the history of the team and all this other stuff, just like, yo, he's awesome. But I guess uh, just for me to put a final pin in it, I will say the defense, it was a little bit disappointing, but assuming Chase Young comes back, I mean, the combination of him, Jonathan Allen, assuming that, you know, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen can stop, you know, uh, beefing or whatever, like that was a weird thing in that one game. Assuming they can fix that, that'll be fine. William Jackson was a disappointing, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a weird year for him, but I saw how good he was as a corner, shutting things down when he was in Cincinnati. He'll probably bounce back. Cam Coral, really good young safety. If you're in a league that still plays DST, if you're disappointed by what happened last year, I get it, but I also feel like it's going to, you know, kind of like, it, it's going to shove their value down just enough to the point where they're not going to be one of those handful of DSTs you have to pick before your last pick. So just we'll see what the schedule looks like. I don't know if they've released that, but just keep an eye on that. I think they could have a sneaky bounce back in 2022. Now we get 
into the best part of the show. Fuck Dallas Cowboys. I, I swear, it's just like, look, I, I will never, for, I, I love the Steelers. They're the only, they're the only team in my heart at this point in time. I'd completely gotten rid of that other shit, but the hate and disdain that I have for the Dallas Cowboys will never go away. I, I find it to be, I, I mean, like, look, I know a couple, you know, fans of the team that are perfectly wonderful people, but in my experience, I will say, and like, look, that, if there are any rare. Cowboys, yeah, exactly. But like, <laughs> if there are any Cowboys fans listening to this show, be like, oh, wow, the laterals an anti-Cowboys. So I mean, have you, yes, have, yes. Yeah, it's like, have you, like, have, like, it's just like, have you met Cowboys fans of it? Like, dear God, this is like the last time they won the Super Bowl is when I emerged from an orifice into this earth. That is the last time. Okay. I will say, uh, Herms, I expect just about anything from you. Orifice was not a word that I was expecting to hear tonight. So well, every time go. every time getting on a show with you, Herms, is an adventure. I love <laughs> yeah. it. But is this like for for all the shit talking? Like it they've only they've barely won anything. America's team and yeah, all it's that like, crap. It, it, it's I can't like they were America's yeah. team because they were the only team There's on TV when yes. you could watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the only game you could watch. Yeah. Oh, God, There's just... a couple of, of reasonable Cowboys fans. Our buddy Craig and Nick Sarnelli. Those two are the, the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. That are, uh, and you know, he may, he may be a little insufferable, but I do love our homie Bo McBriar. Shout out Hot Box Hot Sauce. Uh, but I mean, I will say that the only thing that I can really say good about the Dallas Cowboys is that I adore Dak Prescott, not only just as a player, but like also his openness and willing to talk about his mental health. I think he really put that out on front street and for as much shit that he got talking about it, like obviously it's kind of just weird to bring this up out of nowhere. Cause it's like, Oh, it's already passed. But like, no, I want to reiterate to people. It's just like, Oh, and like Lane Johnson, like you had mentioned it earlier, rock, yeah. you know, like we need, to, it's important for these players to speak out about these things, whatever. So for and as I much think- as I dislike the franchise, I love that guy. I was just gonna say, I think Dak was like one of the first really to, yeah. to really put it out there too. And you, you saw Lane step away this year. You saw, saw Calvin Ridley step away this year and it's kind of yeah. become more uh, of an acceptable thing is, in, in is the league. out a lot yeah. about it soon. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's true. And it's, uh, I think it's a good thing that's become, it's a, you know, especially yeah, in this you know, macho NFL, all that kind of stuff. Right. And but, Herms, it's, I'm sorry, Rocky. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> and I, yeah. I was just gonna say, and Brandon Brooks from the Eagles also, uh, yeah. Had anxiety issues, uh, and he, he had to, to step away at points and just, just retired this off season. Uh, not related to the the mental health issues, and more related to the physical health issues, actually. But uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to chime in and agree with you on that, and just point out that Dak was really one of those first guys to, I think, really put it out there and make a big deal of it. Absolutely, and Herms, it's funny you say that. I despise the Cowboys as a. Uh, there's a couple teams that I would pull for anybody else over them. It would be the Cowboys, the Boston Red Sox, and the Carolina Tar Heels. Those three are like the lowest of the low for me. <laughs> but I like so many people on the Cowboys. I like Dak Prescott. I like Amari Cooper. I like CeeDee Lamb. I like oh, Dalton Lamb's Schultz. So like, <laughs> like I, I just like the players. It's 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 hard because you know used to growing up and like you know hating not hating but you know not despising the players on the teams that you hate and. It's hard because the Cowboys honestly have a lot of likable players. And, and yeah. that's – I was just say I don't hate them. hate the actual play. I hate the team. Right. I hate the fans. But I don't hate right. the actual players the way – like, I, right. I, I, I yeah. hated Michael Irvin and, and 
Uh, I, I even hated Troy Aikman. He wasn't a bad guy, but I hated Troy Aikman. Right. And uh, I, I just like you know that's just showing my how old I am, by the way. Uh, back in the '90s, Cowboys. <laughs> um, but uh, I can't. I, I can't hate Ceedee Lamb or like we're saying Dak Prescott. Like, what's there to hate? Right. So I mean that kind of you know that kind of you know sets the table now that we've gotten all that out of our systems because of course we had to. What went well for them? I mean a few things I would say. Uh, not super consistently, unfortunately, and that is something that I do kind of want to save a little bit for later. But I mean the passing offense for the most part toward the end it got a little weird, but it was pretty cool. You know, like Dak Prescott came back, returned to form, did very well. Until a certain point of the season when he kind of crushed my home league team. And decided, oh, okay. But I'll save that. He was pretty good. Bounced back from that angle inju- uh, ankle injury. Really happy about that. Um, you know, the receiving game, super good. A little bit up and down for somebody like a CD Lamb. But for a year two in the league, I think he did very well. Amari Cooper, when he was out there, did very well. Dalton Schultz, once again, creeping back up into that top 12 tight end. That was a super fantastic thing. For a lot of people, it was just like, oh, well, Blake Jarwin's, you know, finally going to do the thing. It's like, well, he didn't do the thing. Dalton (laughs) Schultz did the thing. And then, you know, the running back, I guess, kind of straddles the line between what went well and what went poorly. So... I will kind of open the floor up there. I'll start with you, Jay. Tony Pollard went well. Ezekiel Elliott kind of went well, but also kind of went poorly. So how do you view that Cowboys backfield? Because that's a really tough question for me to even answer. So I was actually somebody who bought into the, the Zeke bounce back. And I have to say... I was a little disappointed. Um, I think, you know, this is a case where you really have to pay attention to points per game versus total fantasy points on the year. Uh Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was a top 10 running back when it comes to total points. He was one of the few running backs that played 17 games, even though he was banged up. Um, He was number seven overall um, in total points. But if you switch over to points per game, he drops all the way back to running back 17. So you really have to be careful what you're looking at. I think Ezekiel Elliott is the days of him. I don't think I, I know the days of him being a top five, you know, running back for a fantasy perspective are gone. Um, you know, if you're looking at the middle second, he, you're not going to get him there, but that that's about where I would be comfortable taking him. Um, I think I would be ecstatic to get him as an RB2, but he's probably going to have to be you know, a, a running back one, a back-end RB1 to get him on your team. I, I will say in, in defense of Zeke, Jay, uh, and I agree, he's not a top – these you know, days of being a top five running back are over. But in his first nine games – and I don't know exactly when the injury happened, but he was definitely injured down the stretch. In his first nine games – um, for the first 10 weeks, the bye was in there for so first nine games, four games over 20 points, six games over 17 and a half. So I, I, maybe the injury was a factor down the stretch. If you look after that last 20 point game, there's like a, a 13, a 6.7, a nine, a four. So I do think the injury was part of it. Uh, I also think one of the things that went well for the, uh, the Cowboys this year is part of what hurt their fantasy options is that the defense played a lot better. Yeah, they didn't have to get involved in shootouts and things like that, um, which kind of hurt, I think, the, you know, CD lambs and even Dak to a certain extent, uh, you know, compared, especially compared to to 2020, where um, 
their defense was awful, especially at the beginning of the year. And they were they were lighting it up because they had to do it to stay in games. Now you hit the nail on the head with that. I was I was very high on Amari Cooper going into the season. Um, he still had an okay season, but his floor was a lot lower than I expected it to be because of that defense. You know, yeah. I expected I I thought there would be some improvement, but you know, not not the turnaround that that defense had. Um, and that's why you got to be careful. You know, looking at prior years uh, when you're talking about the the future, because we don't know you know what all these changes are going to be and how they're going to affect the team. So that's I'm I'm 100% with you there. And not only playing well, I think the defense scored quite a few, like one of the higher school, like in terms of returning touchdowns. In yep. the league. Yeah. Um, which also, which takes away a possession and it's less yeah. you need to, you know, score to say in the game and things like that. So, yeah. And like, you know, kind of like I was saying before, you know, like there are people that listen to this, I'm sure, you know, play in leagues with DST. If you do, I'm sure you loved the Cowboys last year because, yeah. dear God, like, yeah, it was pretty solid, you know, for as much as, you know, Trayvon Diggs would get, you know, torched by receivers more often than not, which is why I'm not really sure he should have been an all pro. But he did have a lot of those interceptions <laughs> and really did make things go well for them. So it's like, yeah, like in from a fantasy perspective, I mean, like, yeah, like, you know, kind of you know pivoting off of what you guys have said, it is part of what went poorly. It is part of what kind of took away opportunities and also like. You know, I I went pretty heavy with the Dak CD Lamb stack this year in a lot of redraft leagues of mine, and that was something that I loved at the beginning. But as time went along, I really started to hate, <laughs> especially because it kind of ruined some of my chances as years went, uh, years weeks went along. And like for a lot of fantasy managers, I'm sure they feel the same way because you know, like yeah, like to the point of it's going to be difficult looking forward just by simply looking at what they've done in the past because things are transitioning for them so it does bring to question exactly how much are we going to be able to rely upon some of these options because for whatever we think about you know zeke he and pollard got a lot of run if that defense continues to be good they're going to continue to get a lot of run because at that point their job is just to run the clock out how do we view these pass catchers and also let's keep in mind for as good as dalton schultz was He's hitting the free agent market. There's no guarantee he comes back. So I I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think, Rocky? I mean, just the, the passing game of Dallas in general, like where are we going to view them moving forward? Uh, I think if – I kind of think Schultz probably comes back. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to cost them a crazy amount of money to do so. But I, I for fantasy purposes uh, – I would like to see Gallup leave. And there's the report that I think just came out today or yesterday that they are focusing on bringing him back. And I could see that happening too, again, because I think he may have to take a discount anyway, just because of the ACL injury. So I'm worried we're going to see more of the same. I love all these guys, but they're all good. That's the problem. And, and Dak doesn't show any favoritism. We're not funneling, you know, it's not a funnel offense because they have so many good options. And, Zeke and Pollard are going to be involved in the run game. So the volume isn't necessarily going to be there, especially if the defense still plays well. So I think you're going to see, my guess is you're going to see a lot of the same. I think at least one of Schultz and Gallup comes back and it could be both. Uh, And if that's the case, I'm not sure CD can take that next step because I just don't know that he's going to get the volume to do it. I mean, he's a great player. I think he's easily the most talented pass catcher on that team. But you have to get the volume in fantasy, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Thoughts from you, Jay? 
So I, I feel like a broken record. I agree with pretty much everything <laughs> that Rocky said. Um, so I'll take a little different twist on this. I think that both CD Lamb and Amari Cooper are going to be somebody that players that I'm going to have a lot of um, in redraft leagues. And, you know, if you're able to get at a discount um, in dynasty leagues, because the hype around both of the, those guys last year was unreal. I just pulled up ADP. CD Lamb is going as the wide receiver 10 off the board. That is the whole name of the game with fantasy. I know you guys know this is value. You are getting CD. If you're taking CD Lamb as the 10th wide receiver off the board, I mean, there's not much room for him to go up. You are buying him at his peak value. Um, that's you set yourself up for failure. Uh, Amari Cooper, wide receiver 16. That's a little bit more reasonable, but again, I mean, you're really not expecting him to be a wide receiver one. You're drafting him at his peak value. I think because of the seasons that both of those guys have, they didn't live up to their expectations. I wouldn't be surprised to see that ADP drop. Um, and those are the type of players that I like to target, you know, the year after, you know, when they have a disappointing year, they have the talent, you know, this offense is one that could explode at any time. It's not going to be the situation two years ago where the defense was so awful they had to throw the ball nonstop. Uh, but I think they can both be uh, some some pretty solid value going into next year. Man, dude, you know, this, mm, I love this episode. I love this episode <laughs> so much. I love this discussion. This has been just probably, honestly, like no disrespect to, you know, like anybody else that I've done this with any other episode, but just like because it was the NFC East and just how unique this division is, this has been Probably my favorite. I mean, there's just something about the flavor of the NFC East that's just, you know. It's Rocky and I. You, you don't have to lie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Rocky and I. Yeah, Obviously. Of course. <laughs> you know, just a two it's great funny. guests. You know. Appreciate, it's very- so funny you, you talking about the NFC East. I, you know, everybody's talking about how bad the NFC East has been, which is rightfully so. It's been bad for a while. But, you know, right when I was in the thick of really getting into football, man, the NFC East was every single year. It was by far the best division you're looking at multiple teams in the playoffs you know i mean there was so many years where you know not the same team won the division you know multiple teams making deep runs so it's just funny how cyclical it is where yeah it's ugly right now but the history you know the teams that are in the division and it it wasn't too long ago where we were the division in the nfl yeah yeah back in the prehistoric days when i was uh you know, growing up with football back in the 80s and 90s, it was the Redskins and the, uh, yeah, well, then it was the Redskins and the and the Giants and the Cowboys. It, everyone except the Eagles yeah. constantly winning Super Bowls. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, back then we were like the, the division. And even then, back in the 90s, at least, the Eagles were a good team. They just can never get over the hump. So they were kind of the, the division back in those days. And then it went away for a while and, and recently, but, uh, but, but maybe they're coming back. The Eagles are looking good. The, uh, the Cowboys have been pretty good uh, the last couple of years. Much as I hate to say and, it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe your giants will finally get back on track with, with the, these two it's new guys the there. So first time in a long time, I'm actually excited about the future. And the commanders long exist. Future. The commanders exist. They exist. So, yeah, so, they are a team in the National Football League. That is true. You know, and, and <laughs> unless you grew up in the media market or rooted for any of these teams or whatever, I just feel like you just there's something about like there's an understanding to the East that just exists. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And honestly, if you're one of those people, I think 
you're missing out. And you're also missing out if you are not tuning into the show every time we drop an episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Lateral FF. Follow this shit. We got Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. I haven't figured out what that does for us, but I've heard it's a really good thing. So please leave a five-star review. Do all that. Follow me on Twitter at Herms NFL. All of my work for the most part is just between here and I do a lot of stuff for fantasy pros. So make sure you just, you know, give fantasy pros all the love in the world that they deserve. It's a great group of people, great company to work for. Jay, why don't you go ahead, just in case somebody fell asleep at the beginning of the podcast and then woke up halfway through, where can they find you? What are you up to? Tell the people. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at GmanJ. I'm a part of the team over at Front Yard Fantasy. Uh, both you guys have have guests with us uh, multiple times. Uh, so for those of you who don't know what we do, we basically, uh, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, one of our biggest things is we have the Fantasy Football Game Show. Think the Tonight Show meets Fantasy Football. We have a guest on every day. We play some sort of fantasy football-related game. Uh, we really want to focus on, you know, one, of course, good analysis, but two, fun. We want to make it fun. This is all supposed to be fun. So we do, we have a game like fantasy, uh, fantasy fortune, which is basically wheel of fortune, which is a fantasy football spin, uh, fantasy jeopardy. We do quiplash. So we, we do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we also are partnering up with FanDuel. We do, uh, right now one show a week, but we're going to be going back to two. We were doing two in season. Uh, we're doing some stuff with them as well. So go to our YouTube page, uh, subscribe there. We've got a lot of fun stuff. We've got, video on demand so we're uh it's, it's a great group to be a part of and it's it's a lot of fun hell yeah shout out fyf you know because especially a couple of people you know living in the state of maryland well, shout out well, hey, go state of maryland Woo-hoo, yeah maryland-based content i'm telling you that's the best stuff i mean you know <laughs> fyf this you know i'm just but seriously i mean honestly great group of guys over there all the love in the world rocky you are one of those a titan in the dynasty community, man. Honestly, all the stuff that you do is absolutely fantastic. If you are more, uh, you know, like I mean, if you listen to this show, you're probably a little bit more in the redraft crowd. But if you really want to go more into the dynasty stuff, honestly, listen to what this man is about to drop. Go ahead and tell him. I don't know about Titan, but but thanks, Terms. And uh, before yeah. I get into all, all that all that stuff. Is that, is that I've been noticing this while you've been talking. Is that Jerry Orbach behind you? <laughs> that is a, that is a, <laughs> it is a signed photo of Jerry Orbach. I love it. that for some reason. I love Jerry Orbach just <laughs> sitting over your shoulder. You know, I'm a Law and Order fan. Watch, I really love Law and Order as, as a proud papa. Um, but. <laughs> It's coming back, isn't it? Aren't they uh, coming back with it? I believe. By the time that you are listening to this podcast, listeners, I believe it will either be the day before or the same day as the debut of the reboot. So there you go. Uh, anyway, um, you can find me at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Uh, I don't do any any writing, but I podcast a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I'm on Trade Addicts with Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher. We're actually coming up on episode 200 this Tuesday. Uh, I've only been for, for part of those, but Russ has done all 200. So, um, and then we have dynasty junkies, which I started a couple years ago. Um, I host that with, uh, Scott Sidlow and Andrew Hall, both great guys. And, uh, we do that pretty, we stream live pretty much every Thursday. You can find us 
Uh, and the podcast comes out the next day. And then the other one I'm part of is Dynasty Game Night, which just kind of comes out whenever the hell we feel like it. And that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that um, is a lot of fun. Yeah, Jay's been on there, and I believe you you won, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yes. So uh, there's gonna we're hopefully gonna have a tournament of champions coming. I would up love soon. to be a part of that. Uh, yeah, you will be definitely. We we had to get a certain number of winners, and I think we're one away. So hopefully okay. soon we're gonna cool. have that. That's gonna be a lot of fun to listen to. We'll probably do them more frequently too. Uh, when that happens, uh, you know, nice. kind of run through each round. So uh, those are the three podcasts I'm a part of. I love uh, guesting on podcasts like yours, Hearn. So thanks for having me. Oh, fun, fun fact. Uh, Rocky was the first person to, I That's ever right. guessed it on his show. I was on Dynasty Junkies was the very first podcast. I was a guest. I'm still, I've been doing content for going on four years now, but only podcasting for two. So um Still a little wet behind the ears there, and and Rocky was kind enough to have me on Dynasty Junkies a couple years ago for the first time, which was a lot of fun. And now I've done too many that I can't. can't yeah, even begin to try I, I to hadn't count. realized that at the time, but yeah, I I, I I I was surprised when you told me that. And JJ's Jay, been a big supporter of mine, you know, putting my stuff out there, um, and and getting me in our, our group chat that we're all in with a lot yeah! of great names in there. That's Jay brought me in there, so. Uh, I just want to thank Jay too. I mean, I know he he's he's mentioned that multiple times on different podcasts we've been on together. Yep, that absolutely, I first one. But uh, I want to thank him as well. Absolutely, easy Shout to support out. good people. Oh, of course, thank yeah, you. Dude, all great people. You know, if if you listen to the show and you haven't followed any of the people that have been on the show, then like you're doing it wrong. So just do that. Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm really bad at ending shows, so I guess well, this is going you know to be what? the end. You know, in, in the uh... in the spirit of FYF, for my good friend Josh Fuster, trading makes fantasy fun. No, oh, I was I was going to go with Dallas sucks, but but that Dallas that sucks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Trading is fun, and Dallas sucks. There you go. Follow the lateral on Twitter at the lateral FF, and be sure to follow Herms on Twitter at Herms NFL. Beep, beep.